are Locked On Bearcats, your daily podcast on the Cincinnati Bearcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Indeed you are. Thank you so much for making Locked On Bearcats your first listen every day. It's free and available everywhere that you get your podcasts, including right here on YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe to our Locked On Bearcats YouTube channel and follow it to get an alert every time we drop a new episode. My name is Alex Frank, your host each and every day right here on Locked On Bearcats. We are, of course, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Caroline Fenton of Locked On LSU was supposed to be on Today's show, um, that has now been pushed to tomorrow. So if you're wondering where Caroline Fenton is and you were hoping to hear her today, well, you'll hear her tomorrow. Uh, but you will hear me today as you do each and every day here on Lockdown Bearcats. So I wanted to revisit some topics that I discussed earlier this offseason and in the wake of Scott Satterfield being hired by the Bearcats to be their new head football coach heading into the Big 12. And as I mentioned yesterday, when I was at this UC alumni event earlier this week up in Columbus, someone told me that Scott Satterfield they thought was a weak but safe hire. And I, I think what's interesting about that comment is that the Bearcats, that he thought that the Bearcats could have done better in terms of the coach that they hired, in terms of the success that he had. But my counter to that is, Okay, you wanted, I wanted, for one, a power five head coach. I wanted someone who was going to be offensive, offensive minded. I wanted someone who was going to be able to carry the Bearcats into the Big 12, NIL, etc. And Scott Satterfield is that guy. And then as I did more research on first-year head coaches heading into 2022 and what they were able to accomplish in their respective schools, including Brian Kelly at LSU and Sonny Dykes at TCU in the Big 12. And for what it's worth, Sonny Dykes was the, the uh, no, one of only two head coaches in the Big 12 that were first-year head coaches, the other being Brent Venables at Oklahoma. So there were 29 first-year head coaches last year in the big in the in college football. And 12 of those head coaches had winning seasons. Five had 500 seasons. So 17 of the 29 first-year head coaches last year in college football were 500 or better. Pretty good, bowl eligible. But of the 29 head coaches, and this is interesting to me, only 11 were offensive-minded. Only 11 head coaches who were hired last year were offensive-minded. Eight of those 11 11 teams saw an increase in offensive yards per game in 2022. Eight of those. And you look at what Scott Satterfield was able to do at Louisville and what his offenses could do. And I'm reading your comments on yesterday's video, yesterday's episode. And I'm seeing comments that refer to Scott Satterfield's offense as elementary or sixth grade or middle school. Guys, that's not that. 
Guys, Louisville's offense worked. Louisville's offense worked because they had a quarterback who was the epicenter of their offense. Louisville's offense, excuse me. Louisville's offense worked because they had a play caller in Satterfield who has been replicating his schemes and concepts for years. It's not like Scott Satterfield comes from Appalachian State straight to Cincinnati. He comes from Louisville to Cincinnati. And you have to understand the situation he inherited. I've said this over and over again. I said it yesterday. Some of the things that Satterfield um, had to deal with at Louisville were not in his control. They were not in his control. COVID, recruits not hitting as expected, etc. And so... For me, and another thing that we were talking about Tuesday night, look at the city of Cincinnati. And it's no longer an afterthought in college football. Three years ago, it was still that. Yeah, the Bearcats were good. Yeah, they had back-to-back 11-win seasons. They had an exciting team. Luke Fickle was an ascending ascending head coach. They didn't have the bells and whistles that the program has now. They didn't have the college football playoff. They didn't even have a conference championship at that point. And the whole city of Cincinnati, the Bengals have modernized their organization. They've been really good over the last two seasons. They've won, what, 22 games in the regular season, five more in the postseason. So the whole city of Cincinnati is now an attractive job. And it's, you know, a city that's now an elite team at the NFL level a power five team at the college level. And well, the Reds are, you know, hopefully going to break through at some point. But this is now a a city that is a major sports town. And it should be viewed as such. And going back to the weak but safe hire, you're not going to hire someone with unknown and little experience. The Bearcats would have made a crucial mistake if they had gone after someone from the group of five or someone from, you know, that had little experience, that wasn't a coordinator or a head coach prior. Satterfield made sense. Satterfield made sense on a level of offensive, being offensively driven. He made sense on NIL. He made sense on consistency. And he made sense on the fact that he has followed this this program from afar. And the fact that he's a former quarterback, I think, is a huge asset. The, 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 the great equalizer in the Big 12 is can you play defense? Can the Bearcats play defense? Yes. Do I expect them to be good defensively this year? Yes. Offensively, though, given who the Bearcats lost in the transfer portal, given who they have, you know, given their thin rece- their thin receiving core, given the unknowns on the given the uncertainty on the offensive line. You need someone with an offensive background like Satterfield, and you saw how good Louisville's offenses were. We'll get into those here in just a few minutes again. And they should tell you why Satterfield is the right guy for this job. If you look at last year and the offensive coaches in college football, eight of the 11 teams, and I can run through the list of head coaches, Sonny Dykes, Took TCU from 5-7 and seven to the national championship game. 
Uh, Kalen DeBoer at Washington. Offense increased by almost 200 yards per game. Lincoln Riley. No words needed. Clay Helton at Georgia Southern. Rhett Lashley at SMU. Uh, Stan Drayton at Temple. Not a great example, but still. Joe Moore headed Akron. Sonny Cumbie at Louisiana Tech. Eight of the 11 offensive coaches in college football saw an increase in yards per game this past season. And as I mentioned, Satterfield, in his first season in Louisville, the offense gained 100 yards, almost 100 yards more per game than in 2018. And so that's why I still have a lot of faith in what Scott Satterfield is doing. Speaking of which, I'm going to give you some numbers from his time at Louisville. And what he did gives me the confidence this season is going to be all right for the Bearcats offensively. And I hope it will give you the confidence as well. We'll get into that after I tell you how this episode of Lockdown Bearcats is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back. If your first bet doesn't win, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay, so don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Thanks again for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Lockdown College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, hear from big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Lockdown College Basketball available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. These two weeks are so fun. Like I'm telling my mom how excited I am to. Um, so I start my job in Columbus next week as a news producer at ABC Six. And my work schedule is 5 a.m. to 1 p.m. I get off work at 1 o'clock. You better believe you know what I'm doing when I get home. TV going on, iPad going on, a computer going on. Heck, my phone might even be on. I might get some other device maybe somewhere. I don't know. Yeah, there will be conference tournament action all day. Uh, it's going to be loads of fun. But the big news surrounding Cincinnati, and Bearcats basketball still big too. SMU on Sunday, senior day, looking forward to that. Uh, I'll be there looking forward to covering the final home game of the regular season and final home game as members of the American Athletic Conference. It's been real. Uh, Cincinnati, Bearcats football, though, new head coach, new system offensively, new everything. That's what's dominating the storylines right now. The Cincinnati, the Cincinnati Bearcats should be an off, should be a good offensive team this year. I believe they will be a good offensive team this year because of what Louisville did under Scott Satterfield. So Satterfield spent four years at Louisville. But just look at some of these numbers. 2019, rushed for 200 or more yards eight times. Twice got over 300. Eight times over 400 plus yards of total offense. They hit 664 for a high. Five times over 500. Look at 2020, even in a four and seven season, five times 200 plus rushing yards, nine times 400 plus yards total offense, high of 568, 
66% of the yards came from quarterback Malik Cunningham. Look at 2021. Twice over 300-plus rushing yards, six times over 200, hit a high of 384, seven times 400-plus total yards, high of 687, 68.5% of the yards on the ground. 2022 at Louisville, seven times over 400-plus yards. By the way, in 2021, 68.5% of the total yards came from Malik Cunningham. They hit 200-plus rushing yards five times this past season, high of 283, seven times 400-plus Total offense high of 542. So what does this tell us? Well, it tells you that running the football still works. So for those of you who think that this offense is elementary or middle school, it really is not. Teams are still running the football. Read option, it's still working in college football. Louisville ran for almost 300 yards without Satterfield in the Wasabi Fenway Bowl. And say what you will about that game it didn't matter or et cetera. Yeah, it, it, it's still Louisville's offense. You saw what it is, and that's what Satterfield is going to bring to Cincinnati. And it's worked over the years. Satterfield's a good hire to get this team ready for the Big 12 because you're going to face a lot of dynamic offenses. You're going to face, You're going to be up against a lot of dynamic offenses that your defense might struggle to stop. So you better be able to score some points so you can bail your defense out. Um, Satterfield said it best that he thinks about players first, then plays, then seeing the defense and how to attack it. Throughout his career, the quarterback has been the epicenter of his offenses, and of course that is tied directly to Brad Glenn, new offensive coordinator. And when you think of college football offenses, yeah, you probably think of Ohio State, UCF, Oklahoma, Oregon, USC, Clemson, LSU back in 2019, probably not Louisville. But what the press release when Satterfield was hired at Cincinnati did not tell you is Louisville ranked in the top 60 in scoring in Satterfield's first three seasons. By the way, they were also a top 30 offense in each of his first three seasons. They were 109 in 2018, 24th within the first year. And his his offenses were incredibly dynamic. It's not like he's walking in to a bare cupboard offensively for Cincinnati. If he could do what he did at Louisville, I mean, just imagine what he could do at Cincinnati. I, I, I really do think about that. Because, again, he's walking into a much better situation than Luke Fickle did. There's better resources. There is tons of engagement, tons of passion. There is... Boatloads of, you know, there's boatloads of resources, new prac, new football facility coming, season tickets are sold out. There is a level of expectation that you have as a fan, given what you've seen over the last three seasons, or, well, I should, I'm sorry, not three, five seasons. That's okay. But at the same time, th- this is going to be a transition. It is going to be harder to break through because you're going to be up against Power 5 teams every single week. You're not just going to have your UCLA week one and all that. You're not just going to have your Arkansas and your Indiana and then that's it. You're not going to have Indiana the Notre Dame and then you, you just got to win out in conference play. At the end of the day, this is going to be an this is going to be a grind for the Big 12. It's going to be intense. It's going to be a totally different ball game than what Cincinnati dealt with in the American this past season. 
It's not going to be where you can walk in and play at half your best and still escape by two points over SMU. It's not going to be like where you can, you know, slack off for three quarters and get outplayed and beat ECU by two or, you know, barely beat uh, USF. No. If you play like you did against those teams, you're going to get run out of the building. You're going to get run out of Nippert Stadium or wherever you go on the road. So there is going to be a learning curve. I'm not saying next year is going to be perfect. But given that Satterfield was able to do what he did against in the ACC, the Big 12 is going to be like that. And that's why this, to me, is a solid hire. Is it the be- Was it the best, strongest hire? No. I still think Deion Sanders should have been given much more consideration than he was. And I'm very interested in seeing what he's going to do out in Colorado. But given Satterfield's consistency at Louisville and his ability to rebuild programs and take them to the next level of football, he took App State from FCS to FBS, and that program has been better off ever since. Satterfield can do the same here by taking an American Conference team to the Big 12, and I believe he will do just that. Coming up, I'm going to tell you one thing, one observation that I've noticed in college football and how it relates to the Cincinnati Bearcats. We'll do that after we hear from two of our sponsors. It's interesting when you think about Satterfield's era at Louisville. It's interesting because the Bear it's interesting because Louisville had a breakthrough 8 and 5 season in 2019 and they never built off it in the following years. But understand that it is difficult to build off breakthrough seasons. Not every program is Alabama or Georgia where they're great every year. Not every program is in basketball. I mean, Kansas. You want to know how consistent Kansas is? Well, first of all, this is their 17th Big 12 regular season title, I believe, in the last 19 seasons, which in of itself is remarkable. Yeah, it's 17 of 19. In of itself, that's remarkable. But what's even more remarkable is they have won 40 straight games on senior day slash night. That is, that's just taking care of business. You want Bearcats basketball to be like that. Look at college football and how consistent programs like Alabama and Georgia and Ohio State and to a degree Notre Dame. But because Alabama and Georgia dwarf the sport of college football so often, we forget about we forget about what's happening beneath them. Cincinnati might have been one of those overlooked teams. And until they went to the college football playoff, they were. How hard is it to build off your breakthrough season? Cincinnati in 2018 went 10-2 and and then won the Military Bowl. And the consensus and the talk amongst media members, including myself, going into 2019, thought, okay, Bearcats are going to be better, but they may not win as many games. Well, they had, And it was a struggle that season. Barely beating Tulsa, barely beating ECU and USF. They should have lost to Temple that, that year. I mean, Kobe Bryant with that incredible 
two-point conversion. They ended up equaling their regular season win total from the year before, despite all their struggles and not being nearly as good and dominant as they were in 2018. But the expectations were still high after 2019. 2020, they were an absolute force, blew out almost every team on their schedule, won the conference championship, and just missed the college football playoff. And the next year, they built on that 2020 championship and went to the college football playoff. But do you understand how hard that gradual progression is? There are many teams who will break through in college football, like Washington in 2016. They haven't been back to the playoffs since. Or Florida State haven't been back to the playoffs since. You think about other schools who broke through and made the playoff. Notre Dame's only been twice. I mean, you can name me any other school who went to the college football playoff or broke through. Texas broke through with a Sugar Bowl win in 2018. They haven't been back nearly as close since. These kinds of things are hard to do. Build. Louisville did not. Cincinnati did. You should be thankful for that. And for what it's worth, if it was all about wins and losses, then explain to me this. How was Patrick Mahomes a top 10 pick? Two losing seasons in college. Jared Goff was a number one overall pick. Two losing seasons in college. It's hard to build off a breakthrough season. Emory Jones was the Florida Gators starting quarterback in their, for, in their final season under head coach Dan Mullen. Mullen was hired prior to 2018. Gators went to two New Year's Six Bowls, won them both in his first two seasons. Next year, they're on the doorstep of the playoff. They lose a home game to LSU, and then they get obliterated in the Cotton Bowl by Spencer Rattler in Oklahoma. And then they torpedoed the next season. Mullen was fired. Jones was the quarterback. So he knows. So that's just something to think about. And you look elsewhere around college football and teams who have, break, have broken through. Clemson was thought to be the best program in the country after they won the 2018 National Championship. They've only won one playoff game since then. Ohio State broke through with their first playoff playoff championship in 2014. They're 1-4 in the playoffs since then. The Bengals took four years to get back to the playoffs after 2005 when they had that huge breakthrough season. Seattle got one Super Bowl out of the Legion of Boom, and the Saints, Colts, and Packers each only got one Super Bowl title with their Hall of Fame quarterbacks, respectively. Consistency matters. And my question is, when we look at Louisville last year, how different would they have been if Malik Cunningham wasn't hurt in 2022? Their offense was incredibly consistent when Malik Cunningham was healthy. They had consistency. They had continuity. And that's important to have. And that's why I have a lot of faith in what Satterfield's going to be able to do offensively. I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised. Does that mean it's going to translate to a 9-3 season or 10-2? No. That's best case scenario, and I'd love it if it did. I'm saying, though, that this team is going to be a lot more fun to watch than you might realize. Big night of college basketball ahead tonight. By the way, I mentioned Caroline Fett is going to be on tomorrow's show. I also said I was going to uh, have my big takeaways from Scott Satterfield's press conference. So, uh, well... 
You'll get something, and it'll be good regardless. How about tonight's lineup of college basketball conference tournament? Man, you talk about even the small conferences get me excited. Here's what you got tonight in college basketball. So, we've got the second round of the Sun Belt Championship, App State and South Alabama. The Missouri Valley Conference getting underway today. Illinois State and Northern Iowa. Arkansas State and Troy in the Sun Belt. Evansville and Indiana State in the Missouri Valley. Texas State Old Dominion in the Sun Belt. The Patriot League quarterfinals are tonight. Boston University against Army. Loyola, Maryland against Colgate. Remember that game when Colgate beat Cincinnati in basketball? I don't like remembering that game. American University against Navy. Lafayette against Lehigh. We've got, let's see, in the Missouri Valley Conference, Valpo and Murray State. Oakland and Northern Kentucky in the quarterfinals of the Barbasol Horizon League Championship. Good luck to the Norse. Semifinals of the A-Sun, Lipscomb and Kennesaw State, EKU and Liberty, and the other semifinal game. What else we got tonight? Quarterfinals of the OVC presented by United Fidelity Bank, Tennessee State. Not sure yet who they are going to play. Um, Detroit Mercy, Youngstown State in the Horizon League, Wright State and Milwaukee in the Horizon League, as well as Robert Morris and Cleveland State. By the way, Antoine Davis, 25 points away from the all-time scoring record in college basketball history, held currently by, by Pistol Pete Maravich. What else we got tonight? We've got UL Monroe and Georgia Southern in the second round of the Sun Belt. Uh, West Coast Conference Tournament first round starts tonight. Those games go to 4 a.m. on Saturday nights of Conference champ- conference Tournament Week. It, it goes Late San Diego and Portland in the first round of the West Coast. You've got UIC Missouri State in the first round, UT Martin against somebody in the OVC tournament. And then later tonight, you will have Pepperdine and Pacific in the first round of the West Coast Conference. Taking a look at the American standings, the American Conference standings, the Bearcats looking to somehow maybe back their way into a three seed. Well, looks like we have something on here about the American Championships for the Cincinnati Bearcats. They are currently in that four spot playing Temple if the season ended today. Tulane is 10 and 5, Cincinnati 10 and 7. Tulane's got two conference games or three conference games rather remaining and it's still possible that the Bearcats could Find a way to get to that three seed and avoid Houston until the championship game. Uh, Tulane has three games this week, home and home with ECU, and then Temple. So we'll see what happens there. Thanks, as always, for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen of every day. For your second listen, check out our brand-new podcast, Lockdown College Basketball. Experts Isaac Shade and Andy Patton bring you everything you need to know on and off the court. Plus. Hear from big-name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape. Locked On College Basketball is available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Alex Frank for Locked On Bearcats on Twitter at Frankie underscore 90 with two N's and an ATI. Instagram, Alex Frank and underscore an email, alex3frank at gmail.com. We're, of course, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team 
every day. I'm Alex Frank for Lockdown Bearcats. Have a great rest of your day, and I'll talk to you tomorrow right here on Lockdown Bearcats.